Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 209. And away. Wait. Go. This week in a shot of wrestling, will Becky be able to return as the man? Is Impact the place for women's wrestling? An interview with Savannah Evans and more. Hello, everybody. Welcome. To another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I am your host at Michael J. Putty. I am in a fantastic mood this week. What a great week, despite the fact that Mark Schwann's back. Mark, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> Why are you the biggest dick in the world? That's what your mom said. We're, we're, we're in lockdown right now. You know, we should be all loving our neighbors, loving thy brother. And here you are showing hate to me, the Hollywood assassin, Mark Schwann. You can't even introduce me right. The Hollywood assassin. Oh, you're such a fucker. Mark Schwann. But joining us today even more of a dick. special guest... The one and only Eric Jaden, Sexy Zane, Rosé, Black. What color is it this week? Rosé? You know, you know, Mark, you're right. He is a dick. <laughs> He's a dick. You know what? All right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this right because we do have a very special guest right now. He is mm-hmm. a good friend of mine. He is the mentor of the Hollywood Assassin. He is the leader of the Satsujin Squad. He is the founder of the Satsujin Squad. He is a former LAW champion, a former BWF champion. He's just the greatest of all time in the Indies. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the sexy assassin, Eric Jaden. Oh, that's beautiful. That's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Hollywood. I appreciate that. Anytime, man. I got you. I got you. All right. You we'll the, take over the show. We've got the godfather of a shot of wrestling, too. And he was here before we knew Mark Schwain was. Mark Schwann, your favorite actor, by the way. You can find me at yourfavoriteactor.com. Wink. Nice plug. So uh, I'm in fantastic mood. Eric, how you doing, Meredith? First time on the show as a full-time guest host. Yeah, it's been a while on there. I'm doing good. I'm taking it day by day. I've been watching the news, see what's going on, watching oh, our, uh, our government. Don't do that. That's depressing. I, well, I, I try to I try to limit the news watching at least to like once or twice a day. That's I used to have, be stuck to it. Yeah. We have to be careful, buddy. Jaden could easily turn this into a political podcast real fast. Oh, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> trying to avoid that slippery slope. Yeah. Well, he, here's here's a uh, fun fact for, uh, by of Eric Jaden. I used to do podcasts, political podcasts, really local podcasts. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah. When I was in school, I was part of the uh, political debate team. Nice, and uh, that was one of the things I did. So I do follow, but uh, just you know, just following the trends, what's going on. Are you still undefeated? Ah, uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Longest rating political <laughs> champion. I was going to add that. Your resume. <laughs> oh yeah, but still not lost. But uh, just hoping, man. Hoping that once things get to the new norm, because I'm, Mark, me, and you talked about this, is no going back to the old norm. We get to the new norm and see what life takes us, and see hopefully pro wrestling can come back. That's the biggest question mark right now. You think I will? think pro wrestling, pro wrestling will come back. It's just like how will it come back? What what are we going to see that's different um, about it? Because things are going to be different for sure. Um, yeah. Not necessarily say that professional wrestling is going to be dead, especially in the indie scene. I think it's just going to take a bit, and there's going to be a lot of precautions. It's going to be—it's it, just like it, it just makes me think. Like, uh, in what way do we come back? I don't know, but we will come back, I think. But Eric, my man, like 
You know, COVID-19, it, it hit you pretty hard, too, the whole thing. Uh, can you talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about that? You know, uh, how are you doing, like, physically, okay. mentally? What, what's going on, bro? Well, uh, I have uh, – I mean, the fans already know that uh, recently – I'm not talking about recently, by weeks, but uh, over the past year or so, I was diagnosed with, you know, depression and severe anxiety. And then I was diagnosed with PTSD. Uh, a lot of stuff that was related to past experiences in my life and – my current, not my current, my chosen job profession. So a lot of things added up. Uh, so I've been suffering through that. Then right after the coronavirus hit, uh, I got sick, really sick, really, really bad sick. And I went to get checked out and they tested me for it and it came out negative. But I had every single one of the symptoms, excuse me, times 10. Uh, so they let me go. I still feel crappy. I go back. They tested me. And they said they tested me. I had a bacterial infection and I have a, a lung infection. They were going to keep me. And the doctor who was seeing my my care, my treatment, sweared that I had COVID nineteen. Sweared on it. He, you know, he has it. And they tested me every single day. Uh, they couldn't, you know, find it, so they had to keep me isolated, unfortunately, because that was about uh, when it hit. Actually, and all the hospitals were yeah. were pretty much overwhelmed and. They couldn't, uh, the hospital I went to actually separated, put me in some isolation rooms far away. One of the worst times I have to say in my life, because I was by myself, only a few people knew where I was. Mark, you knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I would, uh, I snuck, <laughs> this is funny. I stuck my cell phone with me. Mind you, I had this ratchet nurse. I swear to God, man, nurse ratchet. That's what I call her, who always try to catch me or try to take the phone away from me. But that was that was only my only lifeline out there because one, if you called the hospital, I didn't exist because they wouldn't mm. give out information on you know they had me diagnosed on the covert patients, but I was non-covert on there. Uh, so second, then you can't visit me because yeah. they won't let you go up and see me. So I was in an, in a room, and the worst part is because I have anxiety, they put a plastic sheet covering over me on there. So I just add that added more to it and. It was bad because all I felt was I just be, I was being drugged every day, every single day, just drugged, drugged, just so I can get by. I hated it, but at the same time, if they didn't do it, I think I probably would have gone nuts myself or something to try to escape. So it, uh, I'm not going to say the permanent damage to my psyche, but I, once I got out, I felt very weird. I didn't, I know I had culture shock and uh, I stayed home for a while. So I'm getting better. I am better. So you were there, you were there for better. over a week, right? No, I was there for two weeks. It was Lockdown. two weeks, right? Dude, yeah. it was nuts, man. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, you know, uh, you know, Satsujin Squad, you know, we, we are legit, like, we're brothers. It's a brotherhood that we have here. You know, so we're always keeping tap with each other. And, you know, we, we didn't hear from you for a while. We knew what was going on. We knew you were sick. Uh, we knew you were on your way to a doctor or a hospital at that point to get checked mm-hmm. out. Then we're just like, mm-hmm. yo, guys, has anyone heard anything? No, 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 blah, blah, blah. Hey, it was just wild because we, we haven't heard from you. So it was scary. It was, yeah. it was just scary. And then when we finally heard your voice and there was a pop, you know, we were all like, oh, thank God. But we heard your voice. It was like, man, he's going through shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, one thing, it's one thing to read about, like, when you're reading a text, like, hey, I'm not feeling good. But you hear it. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. So it, it, it's honestly, man, it, it's so good that, um, to see your face right now. It, it's thank good you. to you hear you sound so much better. So much uh, better. Like, Putty, if, if you were to. I've heard Jaden how he sounded like, man. It, it was it would just break your heart. So, dude, I'm so thankful. Prayed for you every day, bro. I appreciate and, uh, that, man. I'm, I'm glad you're here with us. 
Yeah, I was happy, man. Yeah, trust me. Anything beats being locked down for two weeks in a hospital and not knowing. And let me tell you something, man. This this phone, the phone I'm using, we're talking to, saved my life in a sense because that was my only contact to the world. That was it. So you got the coronavirus. What did you have? They ever diagnosed uh, you? Back, yeah, it, had a, it was a severe bacterial infection that spread into my lungs. Mm. Okay. So, and especially with like yeah. with all the symptoms that it sounded like it was, it sounds so similar to COVID nineteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they sweared. I told you the doctor sweared. He could have sweared on his license that I had it. That the tests coming back were false. That I had to have it. I exhibit every single symptom. And when it was proven it was not, then there was the rush to make sure I didn't get covert. Because mm-hmm. if I did get covert in my condition, yeah. Yeah, oh, listen, unfortunately, it. yeah, it's a wrap for Eric Jaden, yeah. and I ended up transported me to another hospital uh i didn't even know that i was put asleep they transported me i didn't know uh, that they put you asleep yeah. for that jesus I christ didn't. yeah i woke up and i thought i was still in the same place the only oh, time shit. i realized I, I wasn't was because i saw an id badge from the nurse so they 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 from st john's to jamaica hospital i ended up you know in there but uh there they were actually it was nice it was a bigger room and uh they started more of a recovery process there, but I for three days I was on the respirator. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, it was just horrible. Like I said, I am happy. I'm you know back home. I'm dealing it one day at a time. Uh, it did you know did affect me. I couldn't leave the house, guys. I couldn't leave the house when I first got here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I slowly had to overcome that anxiety. And now, although they don't want me to go far, they don't want me to put myself in situations where I can get. COVID-19, which I don't know. So I, I stay pretty much locally and I see the doctor and uh, when progress is good. I mean, now I'm training, you know, I go early, early to the morning to the beach because obviously there's no gyms. You know, I take my resistance bands and, and my weights and I jog and I, you know, I do a lot of CrossFit I'm trying to just get, stay in shape because quarantine, I can tell you that much for, you're going to get a belly. No matter what. Okay. My, my wife saw me uh, the other day. Said, you're getting a little bit of a belly. It's yeah, you, yeah, it's either from food or alcohol. <laughs> both. So, Cheers. <laughs> or, or both. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's great. Look, I'm here. We're talking wrestling. Uh, I've been able to uh, have a lot of fans reach out to me. I couldn't, I, when I see you guys, I'll show you just tons of fan messages, tons. And I was very overwhelmed over that because uh, a lot of people didn't know what happened to me. And it's just sad in a sense that. We're in this stage right now that we have to live through this. And this is a story we're going to tell, our, you know, yep. future family members that we lived through a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My only thing is I hope and pray that we finally get out of this. But I know for a fact, and it's going to hit a lot of people in the face when reality hits the face, there is no more old norm. It's a new norm. We're going to get used to of living a different life, different lifestyle with gloves or or face mask or whatever the deal is. And that's going to be for a long time. My thing is, I hope that when the fall comes around, we don't get hit with a second wave. But unfortunately, all the numbers and the science dictate that that's what it's leading to. Yeah, it seems like it's it's pretty much inevitable for that to happen. But the the goal is that we're better prepared for when that does happen. Um, Yes. Right now, we just need to get some merch out, some Satsujin Squad uh Face coverings, maybe. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The money's yeah. Yep. We do. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, we have the we have the sample of that. So I'm going to talk with. Uh, I saw it, man. It's here. sexy. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's, it's sexy. Black with the logo, and um, two of our 
very good Setsuji supporters and friends. Uh, they make our mask for us that you see in our entrance. Uh, Elizabeth Mena and uh, Ivan Adon, great people. I'm going to shout them out. They They're amazing they, people. Yeah. Most people yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love them. They're such kind, hard people, truly genuine. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're the, offici- they're the official Setsujin fan club. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah, they're always there. They go to our shows. Uh, they bring us uh, food, beer, which uh, at times we had to kick somebody's asses to get them out of there because people start taking advantage of that. And I'll say <laughs> it out loud. I do not give a rat's ass that the uh, after party and outside is Setsujin. If you're invited, you can drink. If you're not, don't ask for a free beer. Don't it's got to be like the, like the MVP <laughs> lounge. You know, we need to get like you know some ropes involved maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like a bouncer or two. Yeah, the only Sasuji people. Yeah, Michael J. He's always there. He goes there to get his drink. I'm right, and, uh, yeah. So yeah. Jaden, so clearly then you don't listen to BWF commentary because Putty is not Sasuji material. <laughs> well, yeah, he's dick. He's dick riding too good. So I get it. But again, you know, I've known Eric longer than you, so I want you to know you're rolling shut your mouth. <laughs> respect. I respect that. You you definitely know him longer than I do. <laughs> oh my god. Two two interviews, five hotline. Shows now we finally as a yeah. guest host it's uh you know you found yeah, when you hear your family. you guys run deep yeah yeah but putty yeah you know, we can go on all day about this now we got some news don't we yep let's get into the news yes it's time for in the news with Michael J Putty and Mark Schwab a gentleman getting right into the news Becky Lynch changed the landscape of WWE, as well as her and Seth Rollins' lives with her announcement that she is pregnant, relinquishing the Raw Women's Championship. Many are wondering if she will ever return to the ring. You know, it's not a question we can answer right now. Everyone's mm-hmm. different. Every woman handles pregnancy differently, so we can't really answer that right now. But do you guys think we'll see her return to the WWE? Well, here's what I say. First off, I want to say congratulations to Becky Lynch and to Seth Rollins. You know, it's a wonderful thing that they're starting a new chapter in their lives. Uh, we can tell already, though, when, when Becky Lynch made that announcement, she was had a mixed bag of emotions that she even admitted. She looked kind of pissed in wouldn't, a way. Wouldn't you be? Yeah, you're the height of your career. I mean, she, she's the height of a career. Um, I will say this. If this is how she goes out, this is the way you go out. She's re- she's retiring on top of the game, literally ba- breaking barriers for the women's division, uh, longest reigning women's champion. Uh, you know, on top of the demand, the face of the company, and to not be defeated. So that's the way to go out. Becky Lynch, in my opinion, we've seen it time and time again with women that leave. And it's not not the women, but it's just the schedule that WWE has, that the wrestling has. It's not like any other sport. You know, for Becky Lynch to come back and to be the man. I think it's almost near impossible. I hope she does it. You know, never say never in this industry. But, you know, I just think it's going to be near impossible for her to do. I think she does come back, but in a limited capacity, kind of like the way how Brie Bella came back. Or maybe, uh, I hope not the way Mickey James came back, but more so maybe along the lines of like maybe even Trish Stratus you know, Brie, here and there. Brie Bella didn't want to come back. She came back for her sister and uh, Daniel Bryan. She didn't even want to come back. That's right, why it was so Brie Bella... But Brie Bella was limited in, the, in, in that sense. So Becky Lynch, I don't think he's going to come back on a full-time schedule. Okay, uh, Eric? Well, you know, I'm, I had to apologize for this because I was, you know, I was doing some, you know, extra work in wall. I went back to my hotel room and I had a knock on the door and, you know, a lady came in and 
you know, stuff happened and I forgot to pull out. So, you know, it happens. And, uh, you know, I am the father of Becky Lynch's baby. Oh, shit. Breaking news. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Seth Rollins versus Eric Jaden for the rights for the child. It is a ladder match. (laughs) Where's Maury? Let's get Maury on the phone. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a tough road in a sense. Uh, it's it's tough. Like like Mark said, our business is tough. It's dynamic. You know, it it, it consumes you. Okay, when you are a wrestler, you are a wrestler twenty four seven pretty much. It's very hard depending on the on the schedule that you get. And she had a schedule. She traveled all over the place. She was one of the top talent in the company. But you know, as a woman, if you want you know if you want to settle down and you want to have a baby and try to return back, I haven't I seen the comebacks, but they haven't been spectacular. See, and in a sense, yeah. I haven't really seen too many comebacks. Trish has retired mm-hmm. to have a family. I don't really know what happened with Mickey James. I know she came back just to be enhancement talent and put the girls over. Uh, Brie mm-hmm. Bella, Maurice just came back for random appearances. They didn't come back full time. So this is really the first time I'm experiencing a, a wrestler in her prime have a baby. And can she come? Clearly back? not planned. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. She, even yeah, she, she she talks about like you even see like little hints at it in her tweet, her goodbye tweet. Uh, I think she had an interview with People Magazine where she talks about who she really doesn't know what the future holds for her, for her career. Because no one, no one, like I said, no one can. that scares her. Because no yeah. one can. Because every woman being a straight man, never having a baby before, I'm going to just talk from randomness, every woman reacts differently to pregnancy. Some can bounce mm-hmm. back right away. Some can't. So well, it depends it, on her and her yeah. body. And uh, if she can come back. Maybe she'd be the surprise entrant to Royal Rumble in two years, or maybe she'll come back for like a brief hint and then leave. Because again, I, I would yeah. I would love her to be that one to come back. If if anyone yeah, can do it, I believe it would be Becky Lynch. But it, it's just the odds are against her. And he, like you know, reality has to sink in, or it, it, it might not happen. But you guys also think about this, yeah. her, their situation because Seth's on the road all the time too. And that's a, that's a great point. So too, the, does she come back for a spit and he come he goes away? Do they, Do they work? work a schedule out? Yeah, I, exactly. So who uh, knows? It, this is unprecedented <clears throat> waters here. The first time, we'll see I happens. will say this: you know, if this is indeed the end for the man, and clearly she was not ready for that to happen, uh, if this is indeed the case, that doesn't bode well for their relationship. Because I guarantee you, somewhere down the line, Becky Lynch will look at Seth Rollins with resentful eyes if she hasn't well, already, or or okay. she'll have a baby, fall in love with the baby, like nothing's worth risking being a mother and she'll just want to stay home there's not we can't gonna, predict what's going on i'm gonna tap off mark i agree with them mark in a sense if you look at it it, it really like you, you have two top stars in you know in their primes they're they're doing great you look at it it's irresponsible what happened if you think about it okay now yeah. a birth of a child okay the news of a, of a child coming is a god is a blessing i get it all right but think about it. They're at their at their current roles, at the current positions in their company. That shouldn't have happened. That should it should have been more careful. Okay, but God bless them. She's having it, and I know I noticed that she wasn't very. She's happy but sad at the same time because it was unexpected. But I'm going to say it again. The odds are against her coming back. If she can, I believe she could. She well, one person could do it. But if anybody can, she could. Yeah. Yeah, but it hasn't been seen. Like you know what I'm saying. That's I have a question then for so. you, Jaden. Um, well, no no woman know, has ever made an event at WrestleMania before, and she did it. So if she did it. She, like I said, she broke a I lot agree. of barriers. And like again, like you know, if, if anyone could do it, it could be Becky. But you know, we just don't know. But mm-hmm. Jaden, I, I have a yes. question for you because you're someone that that is a seasoned veteran. Vince McMahon, he's the promoter of this company. He gave 
Becky Lynch the reigns to be the man, to be the yes. face of the company. Let's let's face facts. She was the face of the company. Yeah. This happens now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole pregnancy thing. Right away, you lose two big stars. You lost Roman Reigns, and now you're losing Becky Lynch. Do you do you think Vince McMahon in his position? Do you think he would second guess whether to give that reigns to a woman again because of this? I, yeah, I would. You know, you you're investing so much money into one person. You're investing so much. You know so much effort into one person in a sense to make them, you know, that your top star in your company, uh, you owe the promotion. I would say, uh, at least, and I say, I said, listen, Vince, thank you for this, but I want to tone it down because I'm going to go in a couple of months. I want to start selling down. I want to have a family. You know what I'm saying? So that's well, how you could do the same it. thing though. A yeah, no, but the same thing. I agree. I agree. But this, it didn't happen this way. Right. As we know so far, she she got pregnant. As we know, she it was unexpected. And then obviously now, like well, the WWE can't do anything about it now. It's coming. It's happening, and it's something that you take a hit on because she's making money. The company's making money because the company's pushing her. Now that's loss. And it sounds so harsh, but this is a rest, you know wrestling is a business. Wrestling we, is a it, very it, harsh yeah. industry. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, I, I, and again, like you know, I, I don't people thinking like, oh, I'm anti women. I'm so for the women. I, I, oh, I me too. Love the women. I love women's wrestling. I love the, love the women's revolution. Uh, not just necessarily in wrestling, but in life in general. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I know Vince McMahon is kind of antiquated in those views. It seems like he didn't necessarily um, want to move this route, but now he's now he could easily just look at everyone back. Oh, I told you. I mean, well, think about this. If I pushed you guys as a tag team and you guys became world tag team champions, right? And I got your face all over TV and I got you all over the place. And all of a sudden you come up to me and say, oh, you know what? We don't want to do this anymore. Like, I would probably want to kill you guys because I just invested <laughs> a lot of money, you know, to put you guys there. You know what I'm saying? Well, so she's not saying is, she doesn't want to do it anymore. She can't do yeah. it anymore. It's a... No, we get that. We get that. It's just the fact that, again, it's a business. You know what I'm saying? And, you know... Something happened. Now that's going to affect her. It's going to affect the WWE. But really, what can you do about it now? You just have to wish them the best. But do you uh, think like someone like Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, you know, they obviously have a lot of say in what goes on there. Do, do, do you think if, if anything they would – does this deter their opinions at all? Or do you think they still carry forth their original plans? Oh, no, they, you they know, carry forth. They, they, they carry forth. Yeah, I agree. But Vince McMahon yeah. going to be the stubborn one, you think? No, I don't think so. I don't think even – I think uh, – the doors will open for her to come back. I don't think they're holding. This no, 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 not necessarily for Rollins. not necessarily against Becky Lynch, but I'm talking about giving giving that reins to say like maybe Rhea Ripley to be the face of the company. You know, if, like, if they, yeah. If there's somebody, let's um, we'll take Rhea. If it, if Rhea is Rhea at that time at that moment, Rhea. Sorry, at that moment, it's Rhea. Uh, He's such a he probably uh, does this on purpose, by the way. <laughs> what an ass! If she happens to be the top superstar, the money maker that moment, and then Becky wants to come in. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Maybe Vince's like, wait a minute, not I can't, you know? Oh, I could use you, but I got somebody making the money now. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't work that way. Because even if she has a baby, now we're looking at what? At least a solid nine months, right? After the baby. You know what I'm saying? You have, she's going to be with the baby. And let's say she has to get a shape. You're looking at at least a year and a half, maybe? To a return, I would say, I would say longer because you, you, yeah. you got to raise the baby. You know, get a she admittedly like, came in here to this country by herself. We don't mm-hmm. necessarily know Seth Rollins' situation, but we know both of them. They have that rigorous schedule. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be hard. But, just, you know, I wish you the best. That's it. Exactly. Time will tell. Yeah. Congratulations to them, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, they'll figure it out. One new story. Right, Ten minutes. Fantastic. <laughs> 
It's a big one, Putty. It's a big story, though. It is a big story. Mark, you mentioned them losing big names. Well, another name we lost in other news, Sami Zayn reportedly has some heat on him for his decision to stay home and not work W tapings oh, during this God. pandemic. Dave Melter notes, and I quote, they officially announced an IC title tournament on SmackDown, even though nobody can say it publicly for obvious reasons, there is a lot of unhappiness that Zayn exercised the option that was given to everybody regarding not wrestling if you don't want to do it right now. A lot of other talents he goes on to say don't want to wrestle, but they are they feel like they're forced to for job security reasons. Uh, Mark, you well, mentioned well, last week about uh, Roman Reigns being heat on him for staying home, and now this might back up what you were saying last week. Right. I mean, it, it goes to show, you know, my, my wife asked a question before she watched Daniel Bryan wrestle on SmackDown on Friday. Oh, you know, great she, match. She, she was saying, like, you know, well, Daniel Bryan with with his autoimmune disease and yada yada, like, you know, like, um, you know, how can he wrestle? I'm like, well, look what happened to Sammy Zayn. What is he saying? I know he's got some sort of uh, autoimmune, uh, autoimmune issue. I don't know the exact thing mm-hmm. that's going on. But he, he admitted that on the Bellas podcast, or I think Bree did actually. You know, it, it, it just goes down to the fact that, like, yeah, people know Vince. People know know how, how he responds. Like, yeah, he's going to say that because, of course, he feels obligated to say it. But, you know, actions speak louder than words. Look what look what was going on with Roman Reigns. Now you see what's going on with Sami Zayn. Uh, you know, like, if you're a competitor in a mid-level card, or even a lower-level card, you know, you see what happens to your big stars like Roman Reigns and, like, you know, Sami Zayn to some extent. Uh, you know, you're going to second-guess, like, wow, do, do I take off? You know, do, I, I, I don't feel safe, but I, I got to continue. I got to get a paycheck because where am I going to go? Not many people feel safe because, uh, especially with these cuts coming up, they can't afford right. to not partake in the show. Eric, your thoughts? All right, two 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 things. One, Uncle Dave, was that he reporting or did he, he, he express an opinion on the matter? Notes. Notes, okay. Go either way. Yeah, because I don't really put a lot of trust in Uncle Dave, so whatever. Um, that's number one. <laughs> number two. I'm with now, you on that, Jaden. <laughs> yeah, I don't put a lot of trust in that man. Number two is, uh, okay, this hits home in a sense because if you're if you're have some level of fear of contracting this disease which is very valid you have a right okay but now sammy saying found himself in a situation that you know that millions of americans are going through right now do i go back to work now you're right mark where does he go if he says i don't want to go back he gets stripped of the title where does he go where does he go what do any other wrestlers you know on the undercard they'll be like oh my god look at what's happening should we stay on? Should we just wrestle on it? What do you do? You know what I'm saying? You're really pretty much forced to do that. I think that Sami Zayn, if he did not want to wrestle, he needed to go anyway, drop the title, do the honors the right way, okay? And let the WWE start an intercontinental you know, to- uh, title tournament and you go off from there. Again, it goes back to what we talked about. If the company is giving you a push, they're pushing money, they push a title on you, you have a responsibility to the company, okay? Now, if you don't want to be the champion anymore, you can walk up to Vince and say, I don't want this anymore, Vince. So then why uh, why yeah. does Vince say then, like, you know, uh, hey, guys, you're not going to lose your spot, yada, yada, if you don't feel comfortable, we'll do it. Because obviously yeah. that's a lie. Yeah. It's, it's not true. Why even bother yeah. saying it? Well, because he learned, he learned a, a valuable lesson in propaganda from his grandfather, Donald Trump. Okay, so so he so pre you know he listen Vince knows he, he has to always the WWE has to always come out in 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 in, in a good light and he's going to say yeah you're a publicly traded company in the stock market yeah you have to 
So if you if, if your yeah. boss says that to you, is it then your fault for listening to him? What do you mean? Well, no, cut you guys off. Yeah. You know, we've been watching okay. wrestling our whole lives. Yeah. Remember the late great Jack Tony? You have Love to defend. You have to defend the title within thirty days. Now that rule randomly went out the window when Rock Lesnar came around. But you know, you, yeah, it, it, it was it was involved when Andrade uh, was suspended and he still kept the title. But not, it was involved same, when same, uh, same, same thing with Naomi. Naomi. Yeah. Well, Naomi was hurt or something, and she had to be relinquished of her championship because she couldn't defend it within 30 days. So they kind of pick and choose. Lately, mm-hmm. they want to invoke this rule. So I'm just curious why they're invoking this rule now with Sami Zayn because I've noticed his absence the last couple weeks because his boys now are teaming with King Corbin. But if this didn't happen, no one would have been the wiser. Allegedly, Sami Zayn was getting heat before this already. And I, I don't necessarily know. I, I get this, you know, there's favoritism in every company, in, in, in every industry. So maybe that's the case, what we're seeing right here. It just so happens to be some favoritism going on. And it's unfortunate for Sami Zayn, but, you know, yeah, hopefully this doesn't. Sami Zayn wasn't really doing much. He was floundering for a while, and then he finally got this push, and now, womp, womp, womp. Yeah, well, we'll see so what goes, when he, right? We'll see what happens when he returns. It's sad. Yeah, when this is passing. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. It is really sad. Now the news. Sting reportedly does not have a contract with WWE, according to to progressing sheets their report notes that there's no contract yet but doesn't mean there won't be one in the future contract negotiations are still going forward but mattel has pulled him from their current lineup saying and i quote due to circumstances out of our control sting needed to be removed from our legend series 7 current lineup now if you add this to the speculation that sting might go to aw after cody rhodes posted a gif and sting replied to that i know mark's answer right now but eric do you think sting is aew bound well, I, you know, it sounds like a rumor that Uncle Dave might probably be spreading out there because I don't his, see his him. name hasn't been attached to this story yet. But oh well, well, yeah, well, I'm giving you some insider information. Okay. Uncle Dave is probably spreading that okay. rumor around there. Yeah, because he's an idiot that way. But here's the thing: with Sting, love him. Okay, man, they call Sting. I, the man they call Sting. I watched him growing up. I, you know, I loved it. The yelling, the everything. Uh, he is one tough son of a bitch when it comes to bargaining, okay? Because yeah, how does it take so long to sign somebody for a contract, okay? And Sting, I think he held up for the WWE for a while until they gave him what he wanted. Yeah. Now we're going back to the square one. Okay, Sting, either you stay with the WWE as a legend, okay, or you move on to somewhere else, or you don't wrestle anymore, just don't leave us hanging. Don't leave the fans out there hanging. Do what you're going to do because eventually you will fade away, and yeah. that's a fact. And, and you know, but the way I feel like it's going about is like, you know, he just like, how do you do three years of fucking pretty much bargaining for a contract? That's insane. Mark? Well, fade know? away, you talk about, Jay. Fade away. Yeah. What, is, what is left for him to do? He can't necessarily wrestle anymore. He can sting the persona, be a manager, sting the persona, be. On commentary, like what? What can Sting necessarily do in this industry other than give like you know expertise advice? Maybe I work as a producer, someone backstage, like, you know, on camera. Like you know, Sting's the type of person you can't really do much else other than wrestle. I feel like um, I, I can't Being necessarily see. Uh, yeah, I I, I don't necessarily yeah. see what else he can do uh, as yeah. far as like whether he goes to AEW. I don't think he goes to AEW because I don't really? think AEW has the money. To, I don't think AEW right now has the money to hire him. I don't think it, I don't think any other company has the money to hire Sting right now. So like, you know, if if Sting just wants to lay low for a bit, cool. But I think Sting still still has that hope 
that slight hope that maybe he could have one match with The Undertaker and the Dead Man in a cinematic match. So if anything, that might make him more inclined to sign a deal with the E. I don't know. I don't know the man personally, but mm-hmm. this is just what I'm seeing based on what interviews he said. Surprising. Listen, yeah, get your money, Sting. Do the match. And, hey, good luck. In other news, Impact Wrestling announced. So this week, they were signed Su Young to a multi-year contract and also signed the Boricua Badass Tasha Steeles. Now, you add that to the previous signings of Kimberly, Kylie Ray, and you add those to the names of the current roster, Taya Valkyrie, Jordan Grace, Rosemary, mm-hmm. Havoc, Kiera Hogan, Tennille Dashwood, and even Tessa Blanchard, Impact Wrestling's women's division. Does anybody even come close? You know, people talk about the women's division, NXT, being the creme de la crop. I, I, I have to beg to differ here. Impact is doing a phenomenal job. You know, mm-hmm. Tasha Steeles is a phenomenal talent. I've seen her twice before in BCW firsthand. And, uh, my God, you know, she's a phenomenal talent. And Impact, people, if they don't know who she is, they're going to find out yeah, real fast. You know, she yeah. is a treat. She's someone that, you know, you just grabs your attention right away. And every woman you just listed, Putty, is so, and I don't, you know me, I don't watch Impact on a regular basis, if much at all. I watch the highlights. But, you know, every woman I know in that roster, and I know damn well they deliver time and time again. One of the criticisms I heard months into AEW, again, I don't watch AEW, Mark, I know you do, was their women's division is lacking. So does their, Agreed. can their women's division even hold a candle to Impact right now? I think, again, AEW is a, a startup company. You know, I, I think AEW, uh, they have some building blocks there. I think Britt, uh, Britt Baker is someone that's really coming along. Every show gets better and better and better. Uh, I think over time, you'll see that women's division uh, eventually compete with the, uh, with NXT's roster and Impact's roster. But time will tell. I remember uh, during SmackDown Live, the, when the brand split SmackDown Live's women's division was amazing originally. But nowadays, it's just Impact's roster is phenomenal. Eric, your thoughts on the women's division of Impact? The Impact's women's division is phenomenal right now. It's top number one. And nobody's even close to it. Not the E, not anybody else. They, they, they got some top-level talent. I'm very happy Kimberly finally got signed. Some, uh, she, I know her going way back to CCW days, so she's well, you know, definitely deserves it. Tasha Steeles, okay, yeah. came from the Damian Adams Wrestling Academy, trained by Damian Adams, wow. and she was uh, BCW also, and she yeah. got signed and and great talent. Listen, Mark's right, AEW is starting, okay, so it's going to take a little time. Doctor Big Breaker and all that, it's going to take a little time. WWE. It's just the same divas every single day. I swear to God, it's like yeah. you know you just see that yeah on there. I would start moving some of the talent, female talent from NXT up to the to the, to the main roster, so we could see some fresh faces because it's just it just just ridiculous. Or AEW just signing some start signing, excuse me, some of the talent from NXT and built the women uh, division from there because right now nothing is touching Impact Wrestling with the women division. Even before I was a fan of Impact and TNA. That was pretty much the highlight I've heard across the board on these forums, internet, Impact slash TNA. Mm-hmm. Women's division was next to none. What, what WWE is doing with the women's revolution, air quotes, Impact mm-hmm. the TNA did five years prior with uh, yes. Victoria, Mickey James, uh, Gail Kim. Gail Kim. Gail Kim, yep. Madison Rain. So I don't think Impact TNA gets the credit they deserve for women's wrestling. 
And I guess rightly so because they're the BC tier company. Yes. And, 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 and let me tell you something. The WWE right now is lagging behind yeah. with the women's division. Lagging. So. Finally, in all the news, The Undertaker revealed how he wants to end his career in an interview with People.com saying, and I quote, when you think of the old school Undertaker, that's the character that comes down to the ring, says, thank you for being with me for 30 years. It's been a great career. That's not something he would do. I've had an amazing career. I've been so blessed to have this career far exceeding expectations. I want to go out like John Elway. You know, John Elway went out. He won a couple of Super Bowls, Peyton Manning as well. I still got it. I got gas in the tank. I tore it down. Now I'm going to walk away with my head held high. How do you think Undertaker should walk away? I, I think I think Undertaker missed a prime moment to walk away. Uh, I understand he wasn't a big fan of the match itself with Roman Reigns, but I thought that moment when like, you know when he took off the gear, folded it up, and the gloves in the middle of that ring, and, and then walks out and it does one last uh, hand up to the crowd. I thought that was a perfect way to end his career right there. The, the man doesn't need a retirement speech; doesn't need anything else. That was the way to end it. Now, at this point, I, I think you got to put him in the coffin. Like, no, dead ass. You, I mean, you got to put him in the coffin to end it. I agree Something. with watch that documentary, Chapter 1. I think that was supposed to be his final match, but he's the Undertaker. He didn't feel comfortable with that ending. You got to give him the, uh, like, all right, you're the Undertaker. You go out however you want to go out. He didn't feel comfortable going out. That was supposed to be his ending. That was his ending. Clearly, that was his, that was going to be his ending. They brought so back Jim back. Ross for that one off. Yeah, and, you know, uh, they, they, he had a standing ovation in the back. You know, everyone treated it like it was it was it. It was over. Especially the way again how he left that ring. Yeah, you know, we exactly. all thought that was it. That was a, I think it was supposed to how he was supposed to end it. Right, but now he wants. But, to, he's talking about Elway, Peyton Manning. The you, dude's going to die in ring for real. Do you think he wants to go out winning the championship? Listen, I think it's a, I think it'll be a big mistake if he does that. To be honest, Trish, Trish yeah. did it. No, no, no. I think it'll be a big mistake. His moment was that when the streak was broken. Okay, that's it. He would have left as a legend there. Okay, you would have left. I'm not saying he's not, but he would have left as a, as a god. Okay, the streak is broken. Why bring it back? You know what I'm saying? To, to be honest, I loved Undertaker because Undertaker is one of my biggest inspirations because he was a gimmick. Okay. Yeah. He was a guy who said the only gimmick around you know, nowadays. Yeah, he was a gimmick. He played the gimmick. He evolved the gimmick. And two is he he's a guy that says less is more. So let me just say one thing. I wish he right there and then I've walked away. Now it's up in the air, really. What yeah, what's gonna make it that big? Is I don't think anything's gonna make it bigger. Unless you feel some 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 cinematic thing and you put him in a NASA space uh, NASA spaceship and fly him up to the moon and he has a, a matchup in the in the moon. That's come on. There's still four parts left in this documentary. Do you think this boneyard match was his purpose way to end it? I will hope I, it would be. I, I, I would I mean, hope so too. Way. If yeah, he was gonna yeah. if he was gonna end his career, uh, that's how he would do it. That would be a good way to do it. But it's not gonna be it because how many how many times have we seen? Taker tease another rematch with AJ Styles. We've seen those those teaser moments at uh, Money in the Bank and Monday Night Raw. So let's let's be real. The Boney yeah. match is not his last hurrah. We're going to see it hopefully maybe this year. Hopefully. Oh, boy. Mark, do we have an interview this week? Yes, I do. I had an interview with a badass woman. Uh, we're going to find out some, uh, some things about her that I don't think a lot of people knew. And, uh, you know, she brought up some interesting points, like how we might come back from this. Uh, from COVID-19 in the wrestling world. So Savannah Evans, let's take it away.
right, everyone, welcome to my interview segment. This is the Hollywood Assassin, your favorite actor, Mark Schwann, and I am here with a badass chick. Savannah Evans, welcome to Shot of Wrestling. Thanks. I didn't know I was on with a hotshot superstar, Hollywood. <laughs> what, you, you didn't IMD, baby? You didn't Google me? <laughs> I should have. learned my lesson. <laughs> How dare you? IMDb right now. Good thing, actually, like, you know, we have to practice social distancing, and uh, I wouldn't normally talk to you like that, because I have to say, so the first time I entered to a BCW locker room, it was probably my second indie wrestling show ever, and I see you in the locker room, you're one of the first people I see, I don't think you remember this, and I was like, holy shit, uh, this girl, could, she could probably beat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've gotten that quite a bit. <laughs> I mean... So it's weird, and I, this is probably what you're getting at too. Is like when when people talk to me like outside of wrestling, they're like, "Oh my gosh, you're you're so nice." And then when they see me like at shows or you know in the ring, like, "Oh my god, like you're two different people." <laughs> so it's always fun. It's always funny. I mean, is, isn't that the whole thing in wrestling though? Like, it's ten times the person that you are in real life. As far as like, when you built your character in wrestling, I mean, like you know, how did you go about doing that? Oh man, I'm still building it. I wouldn't even say at, at first, when I first started, it wasn't even a character. It was just like, hey, I'm just happy to be here. Look at me wrestle. And then <laughs> you reach a certain point where you're like, nah, this is, you gotta get a little bit of depth. You can't just be like, guys, I'm happy to be here, jazz hands. So I think uh, my character is always evolving. I feel like, right, like I'm always like trying to work on it and trying to make it better. But right now, it's, it's something I'm trying to make maybe more relatable to fans. When I wrestle locally, I feel like there is a relatability there just because, you know, some of those people in the crowd like might know me or whatever. But when I go out to other places, I think like they're just hyped to see, like you said, like, oh, look at this badass. And people just want to, um, you know, see something go down there. But I want to be more than just like I, I'm this badass, but I want to be more than just that. So I, I'm always trying to look deeper uh, at what my character can be. You know, I don't want to be like female Brock Lesnar, but like, <laughs> you know, that's not going to work for everybody. So I'm still trying to feel it out. Right now, it's, it's it's a badass that doesn't care who she's wrestling. It you know she she wants to prove that that you know she can take him down. She'll eat him alive, like man, woman, beast, alien, whatever it is. Alien, huh? Alien. <laughs> is that a shot? Is someone that we know? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> no, I, I I love Chris. <laughs> she's awesome. I didn't necessarily know you brought that in there. Um, <laughs> See, it's a hot topic right now, okay? They just uh, saw UFOs the other day or something like it that. It is, right. You know, yeah. I, I, I didn't necessarily know, I mean, if that was her just, like, going to another AEW event. <laughs> it was. Okay, I, what happened was, I think uh, her hyperdrive broke on her UFO, so she, for that split second, was viewable to the untrained eye, I think. Do you, do you think it was her driving it, or do you think she had a driver? <laughs> no, I think she's a do-it-yourself type of alien. She... <laughs> got to get that done herself she was and like you said on the way to the AEW side exactly we're gonna go with that <laughs> so it's funny uh savannah you mentioned about you know uh, talking about like a female brock lesnar uh you know we, we hear a lot of um you know ufc fighters mma fighters transferring over to wwe and then uh, wrestling in general how do you feel about people from that sport coming over to wrestling especially with someone like ronda rousey with comments that she makes about you know calling wrestling fake fighting I think that is just to get, like, attention on themselves. But just in general of maybe, like, other sport athletes coming into wrestling, it's it's always kind of 
I guess weird is the word. Like, you can look at it as, you know, well, this person's been playing football their whole life. Like, what do they know about wrestling? Or, you know, is that going to really translate over into wrestling? Or this Olympic swimmer, like, how are they going to do in wrestling? And some people look at it from an aspect of why, why are they popular because of this you know what I mean? because they didn't start out in wrestling but i mean that doesn't mean that there's not a spot for certain people on rosters and stuff like look at ronda look at Shayna. they are etching that name for themselves in wrestling after having done it in mma so i guess if their their model isn't broken don't fix it i mean does it bother you at all those comments like that or when people call wrestling fake Oh, yeah, it always does. So my trainer is super old school, uh, Mr. Number One, George South. You know, he, he instills it in you. Like, anyone that calls wrestling fake, they just don't know. I think it's interesting now, though, like you said, the, the Ronda Rousey comment. Like, they're using that to their advantage, I think, with that with that one in WWE. You think it's more of a work, then? Uh, I mean, I think it's it's a way for her to get, you know, more attention, more eyes on Ronda Rousey as she's coming back into, you know, wrestling or whatever it is that, that she's trying to do. No, of course. Yeah, I personally think the same. You know, I think Ronda Rousey, she's a smart woman, um, and she's a natural heel. You know, you follow MMA. Oh, yeah, everyone hated her. Right, exactly. For her to come in wrestling and be, like, you know, smiling all the time, it just didn't necessarily work. You know, her Ronda Rousey's her best when she's herself. Now, did you practice MMA at all yourself or no? Uh, no, I didn't. I'm actually, I've been wanting to get into, you know, at least uh, doing some type of martial arts for you know, just staying in shape and, you know, conditioning or just, you know, something else to try that could help and benefit my wrestling career too. But I have not taken that step. Mm, I mean, I guess like baby steps, like I've reached out to a couple people, but um, this year I definitely do want to incorporate that more for sure. Now you're talking about, you have an old school trainer. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of uh, people like legends and not, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are a few like, you know, legends and old school people that have that mentality about women in wrestling. Yeah, I'm sure you heard some comments maybe by Jim Cornette and Billy Graham. You know, how, how do you necessarily feel about that? Well, first of all, I want to say my trainer, like, always had faith in me. I know there there are some places where maybe, obviously, like, in the past, girls have gone to training and they're, like, the only girl there. And they kind of get flack from, like, trainers or, like, other wrestlers. But I never got that training. Like, George always instilled like faith in me and always instilled confidence in me and we would do you know shows like you know birthday party shows or just like training shows like being the only woman in those situations he put me as the star basically wow. um so he he always had faith you know um in me and in my ability as a woman in pro wrestling i just think people nowadays are really open to women wrestling and I'm I'm really happy to see that a lot of fans now are super supportive of women doing their thing. Like when I go to shows, the thing that really gets me and that is like the hugest, you know, smile on my face is when, you know, whether I'm, you know, good guy, bad guy, I'm at the merch table and, you know, like little girls come up to me and they're like, oh my gosh, like that was amazing. Or like when I wrestled guys and little boys come up to the table and you, know, you kicked his ass. I'm like, yeah, I did. Don't <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we're in the middle of an era, if you want to say, or a generation where people are way more accepting of women wrestling. No, absolutely. I mean, wrestling, well, women's wrestling in general has come a long way since, you know, the whole give divas a chance. Now, did you feel like, you know, the indies were ahead of the curve as far as that goes? Or do you think WWE was like the last of, uh, to make that change? That's actually a good question. 
I think with WWE, it's different for them because they are, you know, they have like their TV deals and they have so many more eyes on them. And I think they're in a position where they have to kind of watch what content they're putting on TV. And so, for example, let's just say like intergender wrestling. WWE's kind of been like, well, we're not going to have this. So indies are kind of ahead of the curve in that aspect. Like there were a couple of WWE matches back in the day that they're like, oh, like a girl's mixing it up with the guys or whatever. But I think for the most part, they have that image to kind of protect. And so indies are ahead of that curve, I feel like. But just women wrestling in general, uh, I don't know. I want to say WWE kind of was like, here's your Divas Revolution after people were already super interested in women's wrestling already. But it just, it created a surge of, I think more people agreeing, like, I do care about watching women wrestle or, yeah, this is not just going to be my bathroom break. But I think... I don't know. Women's wrestling definitely, you know, deserves like a bigger look. Like now when you're, you go to indie shows, it's not just one women's match. It's you'll get like two or three, or you'll get that intergender match, you know, that that people are looking forward to. So I don't know. It really just depends. Do you enjoy uh, working intergender matches? I do. I really, really do. And I feel like you can learn just little things that the guys do differently than maybe some of the girls do. I feel like I always learn something in an engineer match. I love working James Drake, uh, the real James Drake, not the UK one. <laughs> uh, Shady Drake. I've had two matches with him, and I look back on them, and I'm like, man, like I should have done this better. I should have done that better. But there's always something to learn, and he's been like a huge person for me to like to learn from. I definitely want a third match with him. But yeah, I, I love intergender wrestling. Now, you say like, you learn some stuff from the guys. I mean, what, what's something you can learn from the guys as opposed to when you work with another woman? I don't know, like, specifically particulars, but I just feel like, um, and of course, it doesn't go with, with for every girl, but the guys bring, like, a different, like, tenacity, like, a different attitude, a different flavor to what they're doing. And then it's always interesting, like, having that dynamic of a woman wrestling a dude. The crowd's going to automatically want to cheer for the girl. So it just seems a little more special, maybe because it's not as common as, like, a girl wrestling a girl. But I also feel like nowadays you are getting more and more intergender matches. And everyone has their thoughts and opinions. But I really feel like as long as it's done properly, you know, it's fine. You, you You can create that good art and tell that good story. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, we saw an impact, you know, Tessa Blanchard winning the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, you know, which is a major milestone in professional wrestling in general. You know, do you feel like that that's something that that can now be more attainable in different wrestling organizations? Yeah, I think it was obviously it's the first time something like that has happened, like been televised, you know, Mm -hmm. world champion, a female world champion. It's not the same as like, another indie that doesn't have TV and they're putting like a title on, you know, their, their first female competitor. Like, so that's big. That's something for women's wrestling in general. And no one can take that away from her. She'll always be, you know, the first one. And I think that also needs to be handled delicately. Like, I think it shouldn't be a thing where three, four girls on a row holding the world title. Like, I think it needs to be something special. It needs to be looked at as like a big moment for a while, you know? Right. But now, for you as a competitor, though, I mean, does that open your eyes a bit? I mean, was that something that was even in your eye line? Man, I was trying to get a contract first <laughs> before I started thinking about being a TNA World Heavyweight Champion, man. I'm, just wait, I'm working for that contract first. You bring up contracts. I mean, is there a preference that you would have right now? Do you watch the current product in, in general? 
Uh, sometimes I have not been keeping up with Impact lately. I would maybe say the thing I watch the most would probably be WWE, but I I haven't really kept up a ton either. So yeah, I don't. As, but if you're, for your original question, I don't know that I have a preference on contract. I think every well, not everyone, but uh, a good majority of people want to be in WWE, making that good WWE money. But I think there's also, as we see, like a ton of other options. Like you can go to AEW and have your own creative freedom and do your art the way you want to do it and still make, you know, a living. You know, you can go to Japan also, make a living. I think it depends on how you look at it. I'm trying to, to be out everywhere and do as much as I can. Well, what's more important to you as far as that goes? I mean, I, you see someone like Matt Hardy, right? He goes to WWE. You know, it, it seems like, you know, they, he tried to put his creative input in there and it just reached to a certain level and it showed. And then the moment he goes to AEW, it, it just opens the doors. I mean, how important is that aspect to you? Oof. I mean, that's tough because the, the kid in me obviously wants to be on WWE TV. Um, but I think oftentimes you hear situations where, like you're saying with Matt Hardy's situation, that it's, it's not always the best situation to have your own creative input and control over, you know, your character and what you want to do, how you want to look, that kind of thing. So I think AW, like I said before, is a great opportunity for people to go there and continue to have their own say in what it is they're doing. Has AEW really changed the game that much? Because I can imagine comparing, you know, wrestling to, to football players. You know, you, you grow up, like, you know, a football player in Texas, right? And, you know, the NFL is always going to be the dream. And then all of a sudden you have XFL, but NFL still got to be the dream. Is that still the case here with, like, wrestlers? WWE, is it still the NFL? Or is, is AEW a good, proper out? Like, does it change the way people are thinking as far as where they want to go in their dreams as far as growing up? I think WWE is still the NFL, but I think the way that AEW kind of opened people's eyes was that they seem to have the money to, you know, produce the shows the way that they want and, and have everything, like I said, produce and put out the way they want and create control with characters and pay the wrestlers a living wage. So it becomes another viable option, I would say. They're not at the point where they're as big as WWE, but... I think I'll say yesterday, basically like the company that you and your friends designed, but you actually have the money to do it. Yeah, it seems like, you know, they have a, a good working recipe to actually compete with WWE. I think it's the first time we've seen anything like this since WCW, possibly. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you do see a lot of indie wrestlers, right? That You know, they do make it to AEW or WWE. It looks like more so WWE that falls into this trap. Where, you know, they make a name for themselves in the indies, but then they fizzle out. What do you think happens there with that? It depends, too, on how big of a name, how big of a star they were on the indies. How much interest there is, you know, people are showing it just online or however it may be in that person. Because we saw the phase where people would come in, you know, hot off the indies and they would get a complete, like, name change and everything else. And I think that worked for some and then it didn't work for others. But I think now it's, to me, it seems more like they're letting people kind of keep their indie image, you know, an indie name and, and kind of let them ride off that buzz that they had on the independence. But the, you, there's always stories of the hot indie guy that got signed and then was stowed away in NXT or SCW for years. And then, you know, either never made it to the main roster 
or got frustrated and quit or made the main roster and it's not the same. You know, it's not the flair that they once knew on the indies. Or you come in like AJ Styles and people are like, hey, that's AJ Styles. <laughs> and, you know, and he does his thing. And, you know, that I think that was a good outcome for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, AJ Styles, I, I think, is probably the most popular, at that point, especially the most popular indie wrestler. That had not been under contract, yeah. Right. Is that a little fear for, you know, uh, for wrestlers like yourself, for uh, in the indie world in general? Like, you know, they get that contract and it's not what it's cracked out to be? Yeah, I think that's why, you know, some people like the idea of AEW over WWE because... I think there's less of that chance of, hey, we're going to tell you how to go about this character. And there's no, you know what I mean? And like, there's no door left open to kind of like fizzle out because you were in NXT for a year and a half and whatever else. Now, say you do go to WWE, right? What's like the worst possible scenario in your head as far as a gimmick? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know. Honestly, the, the worst gimmick would be, like, nothing. Or, like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, you're going to be this lamp that stands in the corner, like, in the background of someone else's vignette. You know what I mean? Like, you're just a background character. I guess for me personally, like, I'm super upbeat, but to play maybe, like, a valley girl, like, I know I say, like, every five seconds, but if they gave me that character, I'm like, well, how far do I, do I go with this? <laughs> like, do I... Do I have this on-screen boyfriend that's always like, oh, I'll buy you this, I'll buy you this, and is she spoiled? Like, I don't know. It's I don't know that that would be, like, I think it's a thing I could do, but I wouldn't really feel passionate about it. Well, but I'm sure a lot of people in WWE are in that position where they were given a gimmick maybe they didn't like, but they're going to do the best they can with it. You know, some people got barred, some people like, never mind, I'm going to leave. Right, I mean, you look at someone like The Undertaker, you know, obviously he was given that gimmick, but, you know, that gimmick, if it given to anybody, would have fizzled out right away. You know, he was able to evolve that character over time. It, it's still it's still a main figure today in the wrestling world. Yep. Now, talking about contracts, you know, with everything that's going on right now, it's affecting businesses everywhere, uh, including yeah. wrestling. And, uh, of course, you know, we saw that um, we saw a lot of people getting released from WWE. Uh, it's still going on right now. How does that impact the indies in general? I mean, you know, how, how do you necessarily feel about that when you see that? Well, I thought about that the other day, actually. Like, some of these indies that maybe aren't as big as others, like, do they come back from this? Will they financially be able to? But I feel like the heart of the indies is to keep going. I think eventually we'll reach a point where we will kind of come back from this. It's definitely a bummer. You know, you just hop on Twitter and you see people, like, going stir-crazy in their homes and, and you know, just a million tweets a day, like, man, I really want to wrestle, I really want to wrestle. So, impact-wise, like, mentally, I think wrestling kind of has to come back. I guess it's, just, it's a matter of, like, you know, what does that look like when we do come oh, back? Oh, right, right. You know, Yeah, I've definitely heard all kinds of theories about... You know, if your building can only hold 100 people and then by regulation you can only have like 30 fans in here or what, whatever the case is, like, do we come back to that? Do we come back to where, you know, it's mandated that people wear masks at shows or um, I think it'll be interesting to see what, what, do, what does happen. Are you concerned at all as far as like, you know, with wrestling possibly coming back too soon? You'd kind of have to be crazy not to be concerned <laughs> about it. 
you know, obviously people are going to want to come back and, you know, are we coming back too soon? That's the current question everyone's facing with, you know, all of the shelter in place mandates are now starting to lift or I guess in George's case has already lifted. You know, is, is it too soon? Should we wait? I, I don't know. It's you. I think you kind of just have to take it by baby steps for sure. Like you do want to protect the wrestlers. You want to protect the promoters. You want to protect the fans. Do what's what's right, what's best for them. So it's kind of, it is kind of crazy. Like I personally do have an autoimmune disease. So it does make me question, you know, how careful should I be or how does it impact me differently? I guess a quote unquote normally, right. <laughs> like a, a normal uh, functioning person. I don't know. I think everyone should just be cautious and try to be as safe as they can be. Well, say you're the promoter, right? What, what, what guidelines would you then take in place as far as, what would you like to see as far as being taken place to, uh, you know, safely run a wrestling organization post-COVID-19? I think first, maybe like open air shows, like, like maybe go back to having outdoor shows, mm-hmm. maybe that way, because we're not as enclosed in one tiny, tiny area, but I, I honestly don't know what I would you know, COVID-19 or not, let's just make that a thing. <laughs> exactly. Every promotion is mandatory. I hope Anthony Cole is listening to this right now at BCW. <laughs> oh, man. There is a company in South Carolina, uh, OSCW, and every year they have a beach show, and it's the best thing ever. Like, it's it's so fun. They have the ring behind a bar, so it's on the sand. Like, my wrestling boots were full of sand by the oh end of the God. show, but, like, it's so there's a balcony at the bar upstairs and downstairs so fans can like sit there and they can drink and watch the show. Obviously there are chairs set up around the ring as well. And in the background is the ocean. So it's kind of like it's really cool atmosphere. I enjoy doing it every year. So in a spot in in, in a match where you're laying down the ring, are you just like, "All right, let me just milk this out for everything is worth it." <laughs> Taking the sun, listening so to the waves. <laughs> it would be nice to sunbathe for a second, but then you remember not only the the sand that's underneath you, but the the canvas is on fire. Like the ring is hot oh, <laughs> from man. the sun. Like, you know that's something I I would never even think about. Yeah. Yep. Oh man! See, then you're like cringing every time like you hit the mat. Yeah, yeah. You're you're hitting the mat and you get like sand grinding uh, into your back, but also that canvas is on fire. Oof! So it's not as fun as we think it might be. It's still fun. It's still a different experience. <laughs> You know, one thing I want to touch on actually is, um, you know, we were talking about social media before. You, know, you go on social media, and you know, you see like a lot of people they talk about they miss wrestling, but we're also seeing a lot of uh, social media challenges. <laughs> Have yeah. you participated in any of those? Uh, how do you feel about that? I don't know. Like, well, first of all, let's let's talk about TikTok for a second. Yo, TikTok uh, is like, bigger than ever right now. <laughs> yes. Because everyone is at home and they're like, hey, let's hop on TikTok. I don't know. I think like that kind of took over during quarantine. But just to keep, you know, people occupied and busy their mind off of things. Uh, but the one challenge I did participate in was the Don't Rush Challenge. Yeah, um, those look a lot of fun. I like forced myself to do it. <laughs> <laughs> did you not want to um, do it or you just like, yeah. like yo, come on. <laughs> yeah, my friends were just kind of like, we're going to do this. You want to, you know, send me your video and I'll put everyone's video together and we'll do this. So I was like, all right, cool. And then when it came down to actually making the video, I'm like, oh, God. Like, first of all, I have not worn makeup during this whole quarantine. And I was like, man, am I going to have to put makeup on? So I, so I did for the TikTok. But it was it was fun, though. It ended up being really fun. Uh, again, another way to pass time during the quarantine. Like, 
Right. We're going to create all these challenges. Right. This would have never happened in the 90s for a quarantine then. Could you imagine? No. I don't want First to. First of all, dial up. <laughs> AOL would suck during this. All of that stuff would have crashed. Oh, there could totally. not have been this many people on there at one time back then. No, and we would go nuts. We would go absolutely right. nuts. And then speaking of which, my roommate brought it up again too. Like, surprised that nothing – technology like cell phone wise has kind of crashed since then right because no, no, don't jinx it phone right now because we have nothing else to do i would assume that something would have happened that goes to show how strong these towers are i guess man <laughs> let's hope it's not jinxed <laughs> yeah i don't want to have just jinxed everyone and everyone's last couple of weeks of quarantine they don't have their phones on them but you know talking about social media though i mean i guess yeah that's another way to stand out as a wrestler i, I know like you know, in, in my world in acting, you know, um, there's a lot of artists out there, but, you know, there's people that view this as a business as well. And social media is part of the business. Uh, do you find that trend to be the same in wrestling as far as like, oh, social media, so much work? <laughs> so I think there's there's at least two sides to that conversation. The first one is, yes, yeah, social media is part of my job to network and create as much content for myself as I can, get as many eyes on me, use all the hashtag, you know, put out my daily video or my daily pictures and interact with fans or promoters or whatever have you. And then there's also the opposite side that's like, no, because I don't want to be, maybe it's a problem. I don't want to be out of character on social media or maybe, you know, that's not something that I want to do. It's weird. It's a weird thing. But I, I, yes, How do you I separate that? Think, like, you know, I get, I, it's weird. Like, I've, I've gotten this advice before, too, because, like, you know, I, I do act. I mean, it, it's a real thing. And, you know, I, I have a brand manager for that. I have, I have my whole brand and everything. But, you know, in, in wrestling, my wrestling persona, you know, has been more of a heel. You know, and, like, trying to combine both, you know, it, it, it's tough to do. You know, how, how do you balance that? Oh, I don't do it very well at all. <laughs> because, like I said, there's the two sides. That there's the side that's, like... You know, if I interact with these fans too much, it creates a sense of like familiarity with them and they don't see you in a certain light maybe anymore. Like you're now their best friend instead of a superstar or something like that. But I think that works to some people's advantage. Some people that their following is so huge and it relies on the fact that they are so in tune with their fans and their audience and, and interacting with them and that kind of thing. So I feel like I just I try to balance it. I'm not going to be on social media, you know, crying, complaining about every little thing no. because you, no first of all, you don't want neg- you don't want to put negativity out there like right. that. Like, oh my god, I tried to I don't know make breakfast this morning and stove broke. Like, no one wants to hear about that, or no one wants to hear you complain about whatever politics or whatever political, yeah, yeah, whatever political thing is going on out there. So I just try to be mindful mostly of that, of not putting negative stuff out there, but also still kind of trying to be relatable at the same time, but so not you, too relatable. You know, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird tightrope. It, it totally is. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I, I know my character is gradually going through a face turn, which is great for me. <laughs> it makes things easier, <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, it, it, it's tough to do because you don't necessarily – you see a lot of wrestlers like kind of break the kayfabe on social media and it seems to be fine. But then you have like the old school people like, hey, never break kayfabe. Right. I think it's also – to what you said before, I meant to touch on that. When you say like, you know, in acting and you have someone that take that sometimes take care of that stuff for you, there's 
very minimal of that in wrestling. A a lot of professional uh, dudes have someone that kind of helps them handle, whether it's like their bookings or their, their creative content they're putting out on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is, but majority of people don't. So that's just them making their own decisions about what content they're going to put out and whatnot. So I think that also opens its own can of worms too. No, absolutely. I'm surprised more wrestling schools don't, you know, teach at least like, you know, the business side of things in wrestling, including social media and marketing. Um, mm. Because, you know, that that's a whole other part of it as well. Even acting schools, they don't necessarily teach that. You know, those are just separate seminars that you just have to take, you know, wherever you might find it. But, you know, it's part of the business. It's part of the art. Right. And I've definitely been to seminars where that's exactly how it's approached, where it's here's the best way to save money when you're on the road. Here's the best way to, you know, budget your meals. Here's the best way to, you know, whatever it may be. Like there, I have been seminars like that and they're definitely very helpful. And I think everyone could benefit from stuff like that. You know, as far as let's, let's do a rental car instead of taking someone's actual car because the rentals are covered and stuff like that is, you know, we'd have to put down, like we just have to make sure we have our money on this down payment on this rental, just like stuff like that, or maybe things that you would never think about. I think that's uh, very important too, for, for kind of every wrestler to know. Exactly. Because it gives them the longevity because, you know, it, you could easily go broke in wrestling when you first start off, you know, with, especially with all the money you have to throw in as far as, like, you know, the merchandise you get, uh, you know, the ring attire, you know, the school. You know, you're starting off in the red, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, how do you, how do you get into the black? You know, I, I think that's something like, you know, not every successful wrestler or not every wrestler figures out because the successful ones do. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And same goes for acting or whatever art you want to insert here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, people eventually learn what's going to work best to help them, you know, like get ahead or help them succeed. So, yeah. Savannah, you know, hopefully we do get out of this soon. You know, what what is something that we can look forward to seeing from you when uh, things go back to normal? Have you been working on anything during this? Yeah, I would definitely like to have a bunch of new merch after this. I already have one design that um, that I like, and I kind of gave the the green light to to start having you know new merch. Like right now, I just have you know I have shirts and eight by tens, but I also want to have you know smaller items that you know when the kids drag their parents to the show, I'm like, hey, you know, mom, can we get whatever? And the parents are like, sure, you can get the souvenir. But sometimes the parents aren't as willing to shell out you know twenty dollars per kid. So it, it can turn into like, hey, maybe let's get like these stickers or these buttons or these pens. So I do want to get, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff, too. It's creative. So I have, I have plans for that right now. Awesome. Well, Savannah Evans, thank you so much for joining us for Shot of Wrestling for this interview. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, no, I definitely had a good time. I'm glad you guys could have me on here today. Uh, my social media is as follows. Uh, Twitter, because someone has Savannah Evans, and I'm going to no. see what you can do about that. Mine is Savannah Evans, the letter N, the letter V. This girl to, hasn't tweeted since 2011. I'm trying to do something about that. You need the wrestler to get that. I do, <laughs> get the right I do. <laughs> There's only it's one Savannah Evans. It's probably some old lady that forgot she made a Twitter. It's going to be an easy win then. Savannah Evans is taken. So I just stuck with that. Uh, but yeah, please, you know, 
interact with me, follow me, you know, I try to post as much as possible on my Facebook, but I think what I post the most on is probably Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yeah, I have my fan page on Facebook. And then of course I just opened up my pro wrestling tea store maybe two weeks ago. So both my teas are on there. Check them out. I really appreciate awesome. it. Can we, you know, we could find you on TikTok as well. Oh no, 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 no TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I like yet. that you threw that in there though. Full circle. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Uh, Savannah, but don't go anywhere. We're going to be going back to you for last call. But in the meantime, back to the studio. This is Fanna Evans. Thank you for listening, but we're not done yet. Stay tuned until the end of the episode for Last Call. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. Thank you again, Savannah Evans. Uh, you know, again, I have to say, when I first met her, I was very intimidated by her. Um, but you know, it's good to see that you know I had different, different light, uh, different light to her. And guys, make sure you stay tuned to the end of this episode where we have uh, the last call with Savannah Evans. Great job. Thank you. Beginning of the show, I said I was in a great mood. None of you guys asked me why. Mm. You guys are assholes. Why? Oh, too late. It's fine. But watching TV this week. Raw was very good. SmackDown was very good. NXT was very good. Impact was very good. Mark, I'm assuming you'll tell me AEW was very good. I just felt like this week was an adrenaline shot to make me, again, passionate about wrestling again. I have Uh at least three, including backstage. I have three things, from at least three things from every show to talk about. Um, Eric, I know you mentioned you disagree with me. Mark, I think you probably disagree with me as well. I I, guess glass half full, glass half empty here. I disagree with you. I'm more on Eric Jane's side in this one, man. I, I don't necessarily see what was so special about this week. Oh, I loved it. Every, every show this week was fantastic. What the hell are you watching, Michael J? Because I wasn't yeah. watching the same thing you were watching. You watch Raw? Yeah. You watch Smack? Raw was fantastic, beginning to end. Sure. SmackDown was right. fantastic. Uh, Impact Smackdown was, was awesome. Okay. I know not people are watching backstage. Backstage was fantastic. Uh, getting a, the view of the Dragon's Den, seeing, uh, getting a tour of... Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's personal collection of memorabilia. That was awesome. Just this week just gave me invigorated again because I was losing my passion for this business. And this week, boom, I'm all in again. But you guys disagree with me, so you guys are going to rain on my parade. Let me get my umbrella marked. Floor is yours. All right, so um, my takedown moment of the week, you know, it, it, it was tough for me because, like, you know, of course, you know, Becky Lynch they set the bar pretty high with her news. Uh, you know, I, I've been calling AEW for the last few weeks. Uh, this time, I'm actually going to go with a Monday Night Raw moment. Randy Orton, mm-hmm. when he, yeah. when he, uh, when he's on, man, that man's on. You know, I, I didn't necessarily like the whole segment itself. I felt like the ending to it was kind of awkward, very awkward. But, but Randy Orton, his delivery on his promo and everything he had to say was just, it was compelling. It makes me want to see more of this rivalry and the fact that he was just how he was selling just a regular wrestling match. Very well done by, by Randy Orton. Great storytelling. Eric? Why are we doing this? Are you guys serious? <laughs> Why are we doing this? What moment? I still... Uh, my, uh, Michael J., what are it you It could be drinking? a moment that you liked, but also didn't like. So what didn't you like about this week? No. This no, week? No, 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 no. It was absolutely... It was nothing that I liked this week, Michael J. What are you smoking? 
Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak? Yeah, was there any, was there anyone that stood out to you at all? Like even like a moment of like a, a glimpse of someone that you were like, all right, this person's catching along. Even no. any well, positive at all, Jaden? Derek, what do you watch? Do you watch Raw? Do you, do you watch NXT? Do you I watch AEW? Pretty much, I watch pretty much of everything. I'm I'm still I'm still. Let me see. Let me think about this one. It's a tough one this week. It's so much so much to yeah. pick from. I still haven't don't know what to talk about. Adam Cole. Baby. Adam Cole. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is uh, still phenomenal. Great delivery and promos. Great in work in the ring. He could, he can go with in match and fight anybody basically with any style. I seen him go hardcore. I seen him go spots. I seen him just traditional wrestling match, tag match. The guy is a all around worker wrestler. Um, I would love to see him finally leave that NXT realm. Go to the main roster, but at the same time, everybody who goes to the main roster, there's always some curse that happens with them, yep. and they get watered down. So I kind of worry. So what I would love to see, what I love to see, is his contract finally ends. He jumps ship to AEW and becomes the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. You know, I, I think maybe a jump ship to another company might benefit yeah. him because, like, I, I, you're talking about Adam Cole right now, Eric Jaden. Much due respect okay. to you. I, I, I respect your opinion. I respect mm-hmm. everything you say. But, you know, Eric, uh, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember anything Adam Cole did this past week. I, Adam Cole, I, I, and I know I've seen okay. some of his matches. I've seen some of his promos. He's got some bright spots in there. But I just mm-hmm. feel like with that with NXT on there, what, what happens is everyone's such a cookie-gutter version of each other. And no one okay. really stands out to me. And I, I and I again praise to Adam Cole, praise to you, to what you said about them because I believe what you say is true. I think mm-hmm. if he jumps ship to AEW, NWA, even any other company, he might stand out a little bit more. I agree. I agree. And you know what? Actually, the guys, let me take a step back. Thank you for saying that, right? Because now I'll, I'll, I'll what I didn't like AEW. Okay, you go into a match where you have Joy Janela against American Nightmare Cody, right? Cody, polished, veteran, looks the part, plays the part, okay? He is built. A match against Joy Janela. Now, Joy Janela, we know him from the independent scene, correct? Yep. Right. We all do. And I watched that match, and it really turned me off. Why? Because it just didn't It seem awkward. It seemed like Cody was just leading him to the match. And Joy Janela didn't even impress me, to be honest. He didn't. He had no build to him. He had no nothing. He looked like really an independent wrestler. When you're, oh, you told me that, that was uh, that was in this past week. That was the week before. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I wanted I wanted the match to be more than what it was. Uh, mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily highlight Joey Janela to the best uh, that nope. he could do. I, Cody was Cody, of course. It, the, the, the match kind of. It, it, it's if you've never seen Joey Janela before, I, I think he just left a bad taste in your mouth uh, because it, it's just not necessarily good. It's doing him justice. It didn't do him justice. And you know what? And uh, a word to any of the workers that you, when you ever get into a national TV contract deal, when you have national TV exposure, you want to look the part right? and at least get some muscle tone, some muscle definition. You want to look like you're an actual wrestler and a fighter. So, Putty, let's hear it, man. What, 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 what was it? What is so it? much to choose from. Oh, how, how do you narrow it down? You got the Daniel Bryan Drew Gulak match. I'm very intrigued about this potential MVP stable. Finally, a stable I'm, I'm excited about because there's missing stables. It's all three man teams. Give me a fucking oh, stable yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. WWE doesn't even know how to do stables anymore. So don't get yeah, your so hopes up. I'm going to get my hopes up. I think they're going to bring it back. 
Moose on impact, what he's doing with the TNA Championship. Uh, I could go on and on. But uh, going back with Money in the Bank, someone I'm a big fan of for a while is someone I don't think gets her due. She stole the show at Money in the Bank. She won again tonight on SmackDown. Dana Brooke, I'm hoping this leads to something because she deserves it more than anybody right now on any roster on both Raw or SmackDown. She's a worker. She's putting her time in. She's great in the ring. She does needs work on the promos. But she stole the show, the Money in the Bank match itself, and now I think she's in line for some sort of potential push, maybe? Okay, time out. Dana Brooke. I love Dana Brooke. I, I, I think you do. I, I do. I, I really do, and I want more from her. But what are they giving her character-wise? Yes, her entering work is getting better. Yeah. Her promos, they, they definitely need work. But, like, you know, what what is Dana Brooke? What is her character? I, I'm seeing nothing okay. there. What's, I, I what's Alistair Black's her. promo? I, I love her. What's Alistair Black's gimmick? I hate I Alistair hate Black. Him. He's boring. He, I fall asleep. I fast forward his shit every week. What's his character? I like his intro. That, that's the problem. He, you like his intro. Right you like now. his they're intro. Just... Exactly. His intro is cool. But he, get, he gets the it's graphic cool. in cool. Chirons. Wait. He gets the cool smoke thing. But is he into black arts? Does he do magic? Is he into like no. devil worshiping stuff? He just no. raises with candles. What's his gimmick? What's he do? No he's, one, we don't know. No one's selling any characters at He's all. boring. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I agree. There's no character this guy. He's boring as fuck. You're fucking crazy, man. Alistair Black has a great character. He's what's a his, warrior. Please. He's All right, a fighter. Please. What's his character? Okay. I'm just, I told you right now. He's, he's a, a warrior. warrior. He's a fighter. He's a martial artist. Okay, so what, Brooke, why does what, that, what's her character? Why does that explain the, the cryptic messages, the graphics, the rising out of nowhere from the candles? Okay. Michael hey, J. What, what is that? What is that? You, I, it's nothing. Well, it's the mystique of him. The mystique of a warrior. Okay? A mystique of a H-E. That he represents an ancient art. A martial arts. That's why he throws the kicks. He throws the shots, the jabs, the old that. How his quickness on there. So sell him Bro- like that. Bro- sell him like that. Okay, that. But he's a gimmick. What does Dana Brooke have? Eye candy. That's about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, That's a gimmick. Well, yeah. Dana Brooke has no character, no gimmick. So let because she's been a nobody I, for a while. Is, now she's is winning. That, is that Dana Brooke's fault or is that creative? Creative. Goddamn right. Damn. So now they're giving her wins. They're giving her standout moments during the Money in the Bank match. We remember Dana Brooke in that match. She won again against Naomi. This could lead to a character. This could lead to... A, I'm excited to what the future holds for her here. That's what I'm saying. I, I, and I this know, is the potential. Will, this is the launching point for her. It's not necessarily just character. And, you know, I kind of take it back in a way with Aleister Black. Is, oh. Yeah, he does have some character. But the thing is, the problem with Aleister Black, why he's falling flat, is that they're not giving good storylines. There's no, no real good storylines for the kid to carry board to make me uh to make me invest into the character. Yeah, it's not his fault. There's no... Sto- there's no- steady story that's going to build the character that's the whole thing and, and also yeah. feel like since he's on monday night rock and i and i hate to bury people but commentary they're not doing a good enough job selling anyone on monday night raw as far as their characters go to make me feel emotionally invested into them character the commentary how about the, the nxt commentary i'm so tired of knowledge this reality <laughs> that's all he does oh my god he he knows the moves. Good for you. You're a spot monkey. You, you, you can call those moves great. That's <laughs> spot monkey. But, like, but like, you know, just for the fact that you're yelling and you're trying to invoke emotion, that's not invoking emotion. Just you give me a headache. You know, yeah. go, go back and say some tape. I, I'm sorry if I'm going to say this. This might cause a relapse if he hears this. You, you know, not not for nothing. I mean, like you, you look at someone like Jr. back in the day. You know, he sold the emotion. Not just he he would sell moves every now and then. He would tell you. He would definitely tell you the story. 
but yeah. he would sell you the emotion and, and Morrow needs to do more of that. I, I think he's overrated in my opinion. I hate to say it. I think we get a lot of hate for it, but he's overrated. At Mark Schwann, uh, yeah. C-H-O-U-E-N. <laughs> Your favorite actor.com. Hit me up. He should study some um, Gorilla Monsoon. That's what he needs to study. Oh, yeah. Do you guys watch Money in the Bank? The 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 first match until the penultimate main event was pretty much predictable. All there is to talk about is the Money in the Bank match itself. Your thoughts, real oh, quick. No, no, no. We were talking about we were talking about the pay per view takedown. Talking about Money in the Bank takedown. It's not the Money in the Bank match itself. I'm sorry. I went in there with open mind. I wanted to like it, and I did not. Uh, the money, in the, the money in the bank, the match that stole the show for me, the moment that stole the show for me was the match between Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Those two. Oh, are great phenomenal moments. workers. Yeah. The chemistry is off the charts, and uh, I the, actually the dug result it. wasn't surprising. That's, that's, that's what I meant. Like the results from beginning to final ultimate was. I, I, I don't care. It, it told the story at the same time right, because great. you know, awesome. with with what happened though, with the handshake at the end, uh, I was expecting maybe like a low blow from Seth Rollins or something else. But it, yeah, it left me too. Like, yeah, it left him with confusion and dismay. And then what do we see on Monday Night Raw? We saw it, the storyline actually did continue. I'll give him credit for that. That yeah, was great. And uh, Seth Rollins actually. Um, I, I kind of liked what he did there. He was just a man, like almost like he didn't even shower from that from that yeah. night. Like he just like I was a mess. He just zoned out. Yeah, it was great. Mess. And, and I dug it. I'm curious to see what happens next from that. But the, uh, the match itself was phenomenal. Eric, Money in the Bank. I said it before. It was a piece of trash, garbage. You, you don't like anything about it. No, no, nothing. The only, stood out. Di- the only thing I liked that stood out was again, like like Hollywood said, Seth Rollins and, and McIntyre. That was actually a great match. A story was actually told, okay, with the moves, and it had me invested. And once that match went away, everything else just went down the drain. Kinda, mad, the whole pay per view. I kind of feel like I got to tap myself on the shoulder here because Mark and I had a conversation like about Roman Reigns last week, episode two hundred eight, mm-hmm. about Vince thinking his fans are actually stupid. I'm like, yeah, he does think we're stupid. And during that main event, the men in the money in the bank, I love the cameos. I love how they did it. But when Baron Corbin threw uh, Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black, air quotes, <sighs> off the roof, right? Can we talk about that, yeah, please? Yeah, let me, let me just let me finish okay. because he, they threw him off the roof. I'm using air quotes here. And it was designed to look like he was literally throwing them off the roof. The rumors going into that pay-per-view was there was a stunt planned where someone is going to get thrown off the roof. When they took the helicopter or drone shot, you see on the other side of those bushes was a black crash pad. So, yeah, I guess Vince does think we're stupid because they didn't get thrown down six feet to a subroof. He got thrown over shrubs because you're showing us what they got thrown into, which was nothing. It was a crash pad. And I'm like, that was a mistake. Don't give me the helicopter drone shot if you're going to sell us they're getting thrown down a subroof when there's no subroof to get thrown down to. Okay. Yeah. Can, I, can I go? Let me jump in because I'm so passionate about this, do, this, this, this incident, okay? If you have a planned spot, okay, that you're throwing two guys off the <laughs> roof, okay, then that should be it. You throw the guys off the roof. Let's just say they landed in a lower roof landing. Yeah, six feet. But they low. still sh- they still show up the next day for another show. Yeah, you just mm-hmm. killed the whole entire uh, suspension of disbelief. Okay, that's right. stupid. That was ridiculous. The WWE dropped the ball big time. And when I saw that, I said, well, "Okay, let's see what happens." And they show up the very next day. No, no sold scratches, it. No nothing. Come no, sold man. Yeah. After no sold it. No sold it. Yeah, it's, 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 going back yeah. to what I said about like the storytelling, maybe isn't maybe I was maybe too harsh on saying bad storytelling because there are some storylines that are 
better than others. I think it's just inconsistent storytelling is the problem. And they're very inconsistent with it because some storylines are good and other ones are just like, what? what's the story? I, I don't understand what's going on here. It, it doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. You wasted time. And that was a pay-per-view, which a lot of people love because that pay-per-view sets up stories, lines pushing forward. Okay. Sets up storylines pushing, you know, you know, onward. And you threw two guys through the roof. Give me a break. They should be dead. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to, I mean, if you, kayfabe or not, if you throw two guys off the roof, they're dead. And if even if they landed in a second roof landing, they would still be in bad shape in the hospital right now with some broken bones and thing on it. They don't pop up the next day looking like they just woke out of bed. You know, at oh, but Jaden, they're superstars. They're superstars. Uh, so going back to going uh, back the next day. I watched backstage with CM Punk, Christian, and Booker T. They were saying they, they expected more of a serious tone to this match, mm-hmm. and they got more of a comedic tone to this match. Do you guys no, feel agreed. like there should have been a difference here? Do you think it was should have been more serious, or do you, do you guys appreciate the more comedic tone it took? I, I think there was, was too great. much comedy in there. I, I uh, the, the one comedic moment I did not mind was with Vince McMahon. Uh, you know, of course, if there's going to be any cameo, of course, Vince McMahon's going to be in there. Vince jeans! Everyone lost their mind. He's wearing jeans? What? <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's the only spot like I didn't necessarily have a problem with. Yeah, Everything else was just too forced, too hokey. I it just there was no purpose to it. Like it's a money in the bank match, so it's it's the most intense money uh, money in a bank ladder match that was, was being played up. And uh, it, it just we had a comedy act. We had a few comedy acts in there. It just didn't fit. Listen, guys, it's stupid. Why wouldn't you take the elevator all the way up? Why would you get off of the certain floors to fight? Yeah. Okay. Why it doesn't make any sense on there. And then you put honestly, you know what? Three guys are the only people that I feel so sorry for. Sheila Baszler, AJ Styles, and, and Daniel Bryan. Because those they had to endure the most stupidest match they ever had to go through. It was stupid. The that, uh Undertaker documentary debuted after Money in the Bank. Do you guys watch this? Yes. yes. Someone I've been waiting for for a long yes. time. We're getting it an inside look of Mark Calloway itself. I watched the post-mortem show, and Sam Roberts said he wasn't sure if he even wanted to watch this because he wasn't sure if he wanted to see the human aspect of The Undertaker. Exactly. Both of you guys watched this. What do you guys think? I think that's what Quickly, makes it much more interesting uh, is because, like, you know, uh, you know, Undertaker has been this mysterious character for 30 years, and now all of a sudden we're, we're seeing like a real side to him. I think that's much more intriguing. Even my... My wife, who's not a wrestling fan, uh, stopped at one place. She gets the notifications from Bleacher Report. She's like, hey, you know, I think I want to watch the Undertaker thing. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, text me that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can watch that. Because it's funny because uh, he also, she, uh, they said that he, he contacted this man three days before WrestleMania 33. Mm-hmm. So I, I even think he even thought this was his last match. Oh, of course. I mean, as you can tell, I mean, I think everyone thought it was going to be the last match. Michelle McCool even made some mention of that. You know, it, it was just cool because we just we see it. We, uh, we take away the mystique in a way of Undertaker. We get to see the Mark Calloway for who he is. And uh, But, again, you just, you just can't help but like want to learn more and more and more about the man because, in a way, you're, you're sitting down. It's a master class. Yeah. Now, Eric, you, uh, you're actually in the business as a wrestler itself. You're a performer. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? You know, I, I loved it. Uh, it was nice to see, you know, his his uh, his private life, and then I hated it at the same time because I'm the character. 
Yeah, and Undertaker is one of the few dying last breed of wrestlers that actually stuck through the last, fate. the last one actually. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you lost right. You lost Mystique. Yep. Okay, and he worked very hard for that Mystique. Okay, he never allowed the WWE to do anything on his private life. They nope. asked him before, and he said no. So he finally said yes on this time. So watching it again, it was interesting, and then it just took away from me because I just want to remember him as Undertaker, the great performer, the legend. This might be it. This might be the year we might see him hang it up because you know from the Boneyard the, match after, or one more match left. I think it's going to be one more match left. Okay. I, I hope it. not. I hope not. I hope I, not. It, I mean, too, too many teases with uh, with AJ Styles. I think we're going to have one more time inside the ring, Undertaker, AJ Styles, and that's going to be it. I was just kind of fascinated how he was so loyal to Vince McMahon. No matter what I do, does Vince like it? That's all that counts. Like he's a Vince McMahon loyal guy through and through. Did the match shock? I don't it's care. A, did Vince like it's it? It's almost like an abusive it? relationship in a way. Oh yeah, <laughs> almost yeah. And uh, even at thirty three, he's like when Vince saw him in the trainers room, like, "Do you like it?" He's like, "Yeah, I loved it." Like that's all it counts. I'm like, "Wow, that is such loyalty that we don't see anymore." Uh, yeah, that loyalty also equates to a lot of dollar bills in uh, oh, Mark's, yeah. you know, bank account. Well, he recently signed like a fifteen year deal, so yeah, and he deserves it. If anybody does, it's the Undertaker. So no, really he does. looking forward to the next five parts. Every Sunday night on the WWE Network, and we'll keep you updated on our thoughts in the next five weeks. But any uh, go home thoughts? Let's wrap it up, Mark. Any go home thoughts for you, uh, guys? Uh, I just want to say this: you know, COVID nineteen is still very real. Uh, with it or without it, I would say if you're walking your dog, especially in the city, please put a fucking leash on it. Uh, oh, I just want to say man. that real fast because I, I've seen plenty of people in my area having their dogs without a really? leash, and it makes me very anxious. <laughs> I don't care how good Twitchy is, whoever you call your, your dog. Uh, keep in mind, there are other factors going on out there. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Eric Jaden, your first time as a guest host here. Did you have fun? How'd it go? Any go home thoughts? Uh, you? Uh, had a lot of fun, guys. Thank you so much. I want to reiterate what Mark said. Please, guys, we're still in the pandemic, COVID-19. Life is not normal. Life is not as usual. So, guys, take care of yourselves, you know, on there. Don't do anything stupid. Uh, for all the workers out there, I know that you guys are hungry to get back in the ring. I know you are hungry to start working again. But let's do it right. Uh, let's not, uh, let's pretty much say, let's not support outlaw shows, okay, that might get, workers injured, infected, or maybe fans. Wrestling right now is in a, on a pause, but hopefully we'll come back very soon. Eric Jaden, where can they find you on social medias? Facebook, Eric Jaden, on Twitter at FollowTheBadGuy, and Instagram, Instagram at BadGuySexiness. Send me a message. Let me know you want to chat. Any questions, I'm there. So, Eric, thank you for joining thank us you. this week. Mark? You can find me at your favorite actor, and guys, please feel free to follow us, A Shot of Wrestling, all all forms of social media. Uh, we have Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Shot of Wrestling, all across the board. The hotline is open for 619-343-3005, or text us. If you don't hear your voice heard on the radio, you can send us a text message or email us, inbox at com. And huge thank you to Savannah Evans. Guys, please be sure to stay tuned for Last Call, which is next. I've been your host at Michael J. Putty. Until next week, Putty out. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's Last Call at the Bar. Oh.
right, guys, welcome back for a last call with Savannah Evans. Savannah, are you ready? Ready. What was your favorite Money in the Bank cash-in moment? Oh, man. The cash, the actual cash-in? The actual cash-in. I, cash I love the, the match. Um, Edge's first one. So, of course, uh, we've been under quarantine this whole time. Uh, what is the one thing you've learned during this? I think I've learned more about myself, like how to control certain things that I'm thinking or feeling or the way that I am, I guess, maybe. Like patience. I'll say patience. All right. Hey, that's a good one. I mean, some people are learning banana bread. Uh, you learn patience. I think patience goes a longer way than banana bread. It's, I mean, I don't know. Banana bread is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I've definitely been cooking a lot, but maybe I'll say patience for sure. I dig it. I dig it. Who is your favorite female superstar of all time? Of all time is Lita. That's a good one. Now, who is your toughest opponent? Oh, uh, overall toughness, Soraya Knight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. She's a badass woman. <laughs> she she beat my ass. Legit. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know all your other opponents are listening to this like, oh, word? <laughs> right. Oh, I'm going to top that. <laughs> you can try. What's your favorite sport outside of wrestling? Uh, I used to be really big into MMA, like, when the Ultimate Fighter got popular, like 2004-ish. Uh, but other than that, I don't really keep up with a lot of sports. Then who's your favorite athlete outside of wrestling, of course? George St. Pierre. Who was your wrestling crush or current wrestling crush, whichever one you prefer? Growing up, it was definitely The Rock. <laughs> you know, honestly, I mean, that's my man crush today. <laughs> yeah, that, it still stands, yeah. That crush doesn't go away. <laughs> what is your favorite TV series of all time? Oh, oh, that's so tough. Uh, I'm going to go with the the answer that the 12-year-old the me would give, and I'm going to say X-Men, the animated series. Oh, damn, man. You know, a lot of people just pop for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That's one of those things, you go, like, hear this episode back two years from now, and you're like, yep, yeah, no, I still stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. What was your favorite wrestling rivalry? Ooh, that's tough. Um... When I first started watching, it was definitely Rock and Austin, but I think that's uh, they're in like everyone's I think as top five favorite rivalries. Um, hey, yeah, I mean, if I'll that holds true I'll, for I'll you, I'll them for real. You can't top yeah. that. You know what? Honestly, they're actually not in my favorite category. No way. All right, so you're stranded on an island. What are the three things you must have? Um, a dog, uh, Chinese food. And uh, I guess a cell phone maybe might be the obvious answer. Right. I, I always I'll say, die out there. Let's be honest. With those, with those items, I'll die out there. But cell phone, I'll have a friend, so it'll be fine. Cell phone's always everyone's number one, but then it varies after that. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, one last one, extra one. You said Chinese food. Specifically, which dish? Orange chicken. Hell yeah, son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Savannah Evans, thank you for joining us for Last Call. Cheers to you, and we'll yes. see you guys next week for another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>